Hello and welcome to Watkins Wise Words, a podcast that celebrates conscious, passionate, wise and happy living. Thank you for tuning in and here is your host. So hello and welcome. My name is Steve DeBell and today I'm speaking with Mario Redding, author of the groundbreaking book Nostradamus, The Complete Prophecies for the Future. It's appeared in several TV channels, for example, Discovery Channel, National Geographic and History Channel. And his unique decryption of Nostradamus's index dating system has enabled him to present all of his prophecies in an entirely new light. So, um, Mario, welcome to you. Hi, Steve. Thanks for, for having me on. So, look, you, you, you're pretty interested in Nostradamus. How did that all start? Um, I was uh, brought up in the south of France, funnily enough. I went to school in England, but my parents lived in the south of France, where Nostradamus was born, of course. So I was aware of him from quite an early age, from, say, about seven or eight, as one of the great southern French um, uh, people, um, uh, uh, famed people. And um, I suppose I studied old French. Um, The interest rose. I went to some of the places that Nostradamus lived in. And then later I was given the opportunity of uh, of doing... um, of uh, translating some of the uh, quatrains myself. So it all started like that, really. Great. Well, can you say something about his life um, back in, the, is it the 1500s, I think? Yes, he was born in 1503 and died in 1566. So he was a 16th century man um, at a time when um, people from originally Jewish families uh, were not welcomed in that part of France. Under good King René of Provence, um, there was a great amount of tolerance. But later, under the two subsequent kings, um, Jews were forced to convert to Catholicism. So Nostradamus' family actually converted, and that's why he has a, what you'd call a Christian name, the Nostradam, which is Our Lady, a, a name based on um, the Virgin Mary, of course. And he was a, he was a, a believing Catholic but still linked to the Jewish chain of tradition. So he had both those um, uh, traditions deep inside him. He studied as a, as a physician at Montpellier. I think he was thrown out once because he'd originally been um, a chemist and that wasn't allowed. Um, later, he did uh, uh, get his um, baccalaureate or his, uh, and, and worked as a physician. He was a plague doctor. Unfortunately, um, his first wife and their two children died of the plague in Agen, um, and that uh, destroyed his reputation for a while because obviously if you can't protect your own family, how can you protect anyone else? I think yeah. his relatives actually sued him for the return of the diary, so that was quite traumatic. Oh, dear. But how did he start going, moving from that kind of more medical career into, into being a seer? I think probably that trauma started it because he went on walkabout after that, if you like, and, and walked and travelled through Europe. And I think during that period, he started to suspect that he might have what you might call um, scrying powers or the capacity to maybe see briefly into the future. I think that probably was the key that started it. He has uh, predicted some really astounding things. Apparently, I read somewhere that he predicted Napoleon, Hitler, the moon landing and the death of John Kennedy. Uh, yes, I mean, he, he basically he considered, I think, as far as I can work out, there were three antichrists. That's what Nostradamus believed, and Napoleon was certainly the first. Hitler appeared to be the second because he wrote an enormous number of quatrains about them. I actually wrote a book called Nostradamus and the, the Three Antichrists, mm. and the third antichrist hasn't been born yet. He's going to be born, according to Nostradamus, around about 
2035, according to his index dates, and will cause or, or, or cause to happen um, a world war uh, on a global um, front in about 2070. So, yes, those are the three antichrists. Goodness. So some of his more recent um, uh, ones, he, he talked about the Twin Towers, the 9-11, didn't he, in one of the quatrains? Yes, there are a couple of quatrains um, uh, on the Twin Towers, very striking quatrains, really. I actually put them in the book because in the original book um, it was very close to that date. So I've done all the quatrains, really, of the uh, uh, 21st century. And the Twin Towers, there are two extraordinary quatrains. I mean, uh, I can read them too if you want. Yes, I mean, I've got one here that says, In the roadway, hollow mountains, they will be seized and plunged into the sewers. Uh, hollow mountains must have been, I guess, the way he would have described buildings like the Twin Towers. Well, if you're, if you're seeing, as it were, through a, a thin gauze into the future, extraordinary tall buildings, how would you describe them? I mean, Nostradamus says hollow mountains, uh, dans le chemin des montagnes cavées. It's very clear. Extraordinary caved mountains, and they fall through into the sewers. I mean, rock doesn't fall into the sewers. Um, um, yeah. Huge buildings do. Gosh, that, that's quite extraordinary. Because he would have no concept of something like a Twin Tower, would he, back then in the 1500s, I imagine? Absolutely not. The highest tower you would have would be probably Notre Dame in Paris. I mean, that's about it, really. Yeah. Um, and that would be a church. It certainly wouldn't be somewhere that people would live. Uh, the average building was maybe three stories high. And uh, before we go, how how because um, some how do how do we get the kind of dates uh, that you've got in the book? Um, does he actually give dates, or are they kind of worked out? Um, well, I work them out through my index date breakthrough because I mean, for for some reason, no one in the entire history of Nostradamus scholarship before me paid any attention at all to his index dates. And he has 10 centuries. Each one is dated 1 to 100. It has specific uh, uh, years or dates like centuries. And I thought, well, those dates might be significant. Let's see if they're significant. So I translated all the quatrains. And I went through um, the years using a period of about 700 years because Nostradamus was obsessed by the number seven. Yeah. Uh, and I found that a lot of the dates, the index dates, were absolutely dead on. I mean, for instance, he says in a quatrain index dated 49, uh, the English parliament will put their king to death. Right. I mean, no parliament had put their king to death before that. It had never happened. And he says specifically, the English parliament will put their king to death. And King Charles I was put to death in 1649. And that was very nearly... 100 years after Nostradamus's death. So it's extraordinary. It's like me saying something that's going to happen in, in uh, 2110. And so actually the, the Twin Towers was down in the year 2001? Uh, no, the, the index date there isn't right. I, uh, he has the index dates as 87 and 49, so they're not right. Okay. But in my view, it was so close to what actually happened that, I mean, I make it quite clear that the index dates aren't, aren't correct. Okay. The index dates are correct in about 800 of the quatrains out of 942. I think 815 out of 942, which is pretty impressive. Yes. Um, yes. The others, no. It's a, it's a guess. Because most psychics I've ever spoken to say that the kind of time, they can, they can say what might happen or what most likely will happen, but they can't give you exact time because spirit doesn't do it like that. So it's quite amazing that he could pinpoint most of them to an exact date. I think pretty exact. I mean, some of them he misses by a year or two. Uh, some are dead on. I mean, the, the financial meltdown, the credit crunch that we had in 2008, his quadrain is dated 8-28, um, which is pretty impressive, really. Again, 
uh, that could have been the index date, could have been 2028, which is what I originally thought it was. But I think the 828 is quite impressive. So he mentions the US-Iraq uh, wars as well, doesn't he? Yes, he does. That seems to be. He's pretty much obsessed by uh, the war, the Islamic war. And let's face it, the war against Islam has been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years. I mean, actually, probably more than a thousand years, if you take the first crusade as the start of it. Um, and so, yes, he is. It's a continual obsession with him, the problems with Islam. Yes, he also mentions a lot about the kind of church, doesn't he, like the Catholic Church, all kinds of problems in like Christianity and Islam. Yes, uh, the Catholic Church is a major uh, interest of his. In fact, in the years to come, in 2017, we have a number of, I think, three different quatrains uh, talking about scandals in the Roman Catholic Church. So there looks to be another series of very bad scandals coming in the next couple of years. Yes, bad news for the church, actually. Uh, yes, I'm afraid. Uh, but it was almost inevitable when you have a church of a billion members, which is what the Catholic Church is, um, you're going to get some scandals, I'm afraid. So what does he say, for example, about ecological uh, the state of the world? Uh, we have some major problems coming again in 2016, 2017. In 2015, we have a major famine which is relieved. There is a there is a famine relief. It's a very optimistic quatrain, that one. But we have more ecological disasters coming in 2016. There's a, a couple of quatrains on that. Uh, and then another one, a third one in 2017. So big trouble ahead in the next couple of years. He, meant, he also talks a lot about global warming, doesn't he, uh, Mario? Global warming, he does, very much so. Uh, a number of them uh, seem to be implying um, uh, some sort of warming of the planet, yes, which is uh, extraordinary, really, when you think about it. Oh, yeah, he would have had no concept of that back in 1500s, I imagine. Absolutely none, in fact. Um, uh, the planet had gone through an, a, a mini ice age, I think, uh, before. So so um, the, the, one could have assumed that it would never warm up. Yeah, oh, of course, because the, the, the River Thames froze over at some point back, uh, I don't know exactly yes. the date. Yes, uh, um, I don't know the date either, but it was certainly pretty much around then. I mean, Holland, they were skating on all the um, on all the canals. Yes. Um, I think that was even into the summer. I was interested to read about the, the British monarchy, because it, it, it predicts um, in the book, death of Elizabeth II in 2022 and abdication of Charles III in the same year. Yes, I mean, I can't. I'm just following his words um, when he says a man who later they considered, because they disapproved of his divorce, a man who later they considered unworthy. The people will force out the king of the islands. A man will replace him who never expected to be king. Um, when he talks about the islands, Nostradamus invariably means, but as far as he's concerned, they are the islands. Uh, he uses that uh, a lot of the time. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that it might be uh, King Charles uh, III, but um, who knows? And he actually, I think, predicts the end of the monarchy not long after, doesn't he? Yes, I think round about 2040, I have a feeling. Um, yeah. That one is, uh, again, he has a, a couple of quatrains, three quatrains, which seem to imply that uh, the British monarchy will end around about then. But uh, again, um, uh, I, I certainly won't be alive at that point, but maybe you will. Yeah, <laughs> you can maybe. see if it's true or not. <laughs> and he talks about, um, he mentions Hillary Clinton, doesn't he? Or you got, what, you got a chapter here, or a mini chapter on Hillary Clinton, 2015. Well, extraordinarily, yes. I wrote this in 2005 for a 2006 publication date. So um, I'm I assure you I'm not jumping on any bandwagon. Mm. Um, uh, he speaks about a masculine woman who will exert herself to the north, i.e. the Americas, 
she would annoy and when he says a masculine woman he doesn't mean a woman who is has masculine characteristics but a woman who takes a masculine role that is normally taken by men yeah. so that's why the presidency she would annoy nearly all of europe and the rest of the world two failures will put her in such an imbalance that both life and death will strengthen eastern europe in other words uh, maybe a problem with uh, mr putin's russia so that if she becomes the president there might be some serious problems down the line Right. which I, anyone who looks uh, in the political world will see that that is likely. It's quite likely. You mentioned a possible meteorite strike in 2046. Yes, that's true, 2046. I will look it up now. Meteor strike har as harbingers of change. Yes, he says a great fire will fall from the sky for three nights, a stupendous, well-aimed and spectacular occurrence. Soon afterwards, the earth will tremble and be ruffled. Um, yes, a meteor strike. And I think there's another one that occurs just before the, um, the World War in 2070. And I think um, he views it as a sort of harbinger of, uh, of the problems that are going to be coming. Um, an asteroid strikes the Earth. Yes, in 2069, the great mountain, he, he, he views it as like a mountain, which anyone who's seen pictures of an asteroid, it looks like a great mountain. Seven yeah. stars around after peace, war, hunger, flood will roll far, destroying great swathes of country, even antiquities and mighty foundations. Now, I mean, the most worrying maybe is this kind of third antichrist and the global war that he predicts. Well, worried to me. I, I read it radio. So I thought it was pretty, pretty worrying. Uh, it's a pretty grim war. He has a lot of quatrains about it. I mean, we have five quatrains, all index dated uh, 70 or 71. So there's obviously a two-year or three-year war period. But he does see an aftermath of the war. In 2075, he, he shows us a, a, a phoenix period. In other words, that, that um, the phoenix was the bird that rose from the ashes that couldn't be burned. Um, so he does have some quatrains that occur after 2071. So in a way, um, clearly the war isn't the war to end all wars. So is there reason for hope, do you think? Because most of these predictions are very challenging, aren't they? They are, but funnily enough, my publisher a few years ago said, for God's sake, are they all really doom and gloom? And I said, no, there are, there are 100 odd quatrains that are very good news. He said, well, why don't you write a book about it? So I wrote Nostradamus, The Good News, and that has all the quatrains that are um, optimistic and, and good news. And a point I'd make, Steve, actually, is that Nostradamus seemed to believe that we could change history. I mean, he didn't believe that all this was written in stone. He actually seemed to be writing it to warn people of what might occur if they didn't change their behavior. And I think it's very important to understand that, um, that it wasn't all, it's not set in stone in the future, that mm. actually we can, we, we can change things. Well, that's brilliant. And great news, and that's probably why this book should be read. So your book, Nostradamus, The Complete Prophecies for the Future, published by Watkins. Um, it's a striking black cover with gold letters. So uh, all the best, Mario. Thank you for chatting with me today. It's a pleasure. Like what you've heard, be part of our community by visiting watkinspublishing.com, following us on Twitter at Watkins Wisdom or liking us on Facebook.